الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقتربت الساعه وانشق القمر صدق الله العظيم most respected mothers and sisters and students of deen In the past weeks we have been discussing some signs of Qiyamat and in the process we discussed many other issues in some detail. So today also we will continue with that discussion. May Allah Ta'ala make it a means of khair and benefit for all of us. And as repeatedly mentioned, that these are not just signs for the sake of some facts that we must know, as some theory that we should acquaint ourselves with, but these are lessons. And these are not just signboards, these are also warning signs that don't get involved in these things. Many of the issues that are mentioned is actually a warning that don't get involved in this. So that is what we have to consider. Look into our own lives. If any of these things seem to be there, then we should be very concerned. If something is there, we should be making an effort to remove it from our lives and becoming punctual on deen. This is the purpose of discussing these aspects. So today in front of us we have one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam which is reported by Hazrat Abu Huraira radiyallahu ta'ala an. There are some aspects that are mentioned in this lengthy hadith that have been already discussed. We will just mention them again. But there are other aspects which we will inshallah concentrate on. Hazrat Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu he reports from Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said and in this he mentioned several aspects that will bring down the problems the difficulties the fitnas that will all come as a result of actions that nabi islam has warned against so this is some some of these things are part of the signs of qiyamah that have been mentioned in other ahadith and some are general fitan fitan fitnas trials tribulations so in this hadith there are many aspects that have been mentioned and these are all warning signs that don't get involved in these things because these things will bring down calamities sometimes it will bring down calamities on a entire nation and sometimes it will be individual the person himself will find things becoming very difficult in his life so these are things that we should then reflect upon so what are these things that are mentioned in the hadith there are many aspects some of them we will just very briefly discuss and other aspects we will go into some detail nabi islam said idha tukhidal fay'u diwalan wal amanatu maghnaman that the first thing that nabi islam says 
that when booty will be regarded as personal wealth and when amanat will be regarded as booty, spoils of war, everybody will think they have a share in it. So, we might not be in the situation where we have any spoils of war coming to us, but the wealth of zakat, they are very specific people that are eligible to receive zakat. And if a person is not eligible, then it is impermissible, it is haram for a person to then consume that, to use it in any way. But when the fitnas will come and before Qiyamah, these kind of things will take place, and we are already seeing and witnessing these signs, that zakat will be regarded as spoils of war, meaning everybody has a share in it, and everybody will feel they are entitled to it. So therefore, if we ate it up ourselves, so what is the difference? Whereas this too is eating up haram, if a person is not eligible for it. And when a person consumes haram, then that affects everything in one's life. So the details of that are many, but the simple lesson that we have to take from here is, that if a person is not entitled to zakat, then one does not touch it. Then Nabi Salaam says, was zakatu maghraman, and zakat will be regarded as a tax. That like a person feels very burdened to pay any taxes, that this vat is gone very much, and personal income tax is gone very high, and other taxes are very burdensome, and a person feels it a very severe burden to pay those taxes. Likewise, people will start regarding zakat as a burden, as a tax. Whereas, Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif says, regarding the mu'mineen, that وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ That the muttaqeen, they are those whom they spend from that which we have given them. Allah Ta'ala has given everything. And out of that, Allah Ta'ala says that this two and a half percent only, and that two on certain categories, not on everything, on certain categories of wealth, this two and a half percent is to be discharged and to be shared with those who are less fortunate. But this is a command of Allah Ta'ala. So now a person who is liable for zakat, that person should be doing it happily as an ibadat. This is an ibadat. It's a very great ibadat. It's one of the pillars of deen. And many cases, women have jewelry, gold jewelry, silver jewelry, and zakat is compulsory upon it. But sometimes due to lack of knowledge, sometimes due to negligence, that zakat is not discharged, or it is incorrectly discharged, the person just makes some random calculation and short pays the zakat that is due on it. Or sometimes some woman will say that I don't have any cash and this is all I own and therefore I'm not liable, I can't pay anything. Whereas if that exceeds the value of Nisab, then that gold jewelry will be liable for zakat. So there are various masail that pertain to this. We should inquire from the ulama kiram what we are liable for. But the bottom line is that if a person is liable for zakat, this should not be delayed. On the due time, one should discharge that zakat. If it is due now, then one shouldn't even wait for Ramadan to come. That I will pay in Ramadan only. 
it's due now, pay it now. We should be doing whatever is necessary to be done immediately. So this is another subject on its own, the aspect of zakat and the importance of zakat. And we should be doing our utmost to make sure that we are not short paying our zakat in any way or we are not liable for something which we are not discharging. We should take care in this, find out and make sure it is paid fully, paid correctly. Then the third thing, We discussed this in the previous weeks, that a time will come and this will bring down the fitnas, that when a person will obey his wife and he will disobey his mother. Obey his wife, obviously he is responsible to fulfill the rights of his wife. But if his wife is making demands which are trampling the rights of others, then this will be wrong. So now, what pertains to us and what is applicable to us is that we do not at any point in time become that type of wife, those who will one day get married, and if it applies to somebody at this moment in time, that we don't become that type of wife that makes such demands on the husband, that he becomes disobedient to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, he tramples the rights of others, becomes disobedient to his mother in permissible things. So everybody's rights, he is responsible to fulfill. So this is the role that is required of a woman to play, that she assists the husband in the obedience of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. So this is what is being mentioned here, وَأَطَعَ الرَّجُلُ إِمْرَأَتَهُ وَأَقَّ أُمَّهُ and then, وَأَدْنَا صَدِيقَهُ وَأَقْسَى أَبَاهُ This is what we discussed last week, that a person will make his friend very close, but he will distance his own father. And we discussed in some detail last week, that those who served their parents, served their mothers, made their khidmat, took their du'as, then what Allah Ta'ala granted them in this very world. Everybody might not see it so dramatically as we discussed last week, but it certainly comes. And it comes in very strange and ajeeb ways. Now on this sometimes, many a child, especially as they grow up, many young girls and boys would relate very difficult circumstances in dealing with their parents. There might be some situations that are very severe, others might not be so difficult, but they are complicated to some extent. And then in this situation, children sometimes want to know, that, but how do I handle the situation? My parents are being difficult, my parents are making unreasonable demands, or my parents are sometimes uh, just being stubborn and obstinate. And unfortunately, sometimes this is a reality. We shouldn't be the case, but sometimes this is a reality. Now the issue is that how does a child handle this? Now just to digress on this a little, Allah Ta'ala has given each one their responsibilities and directed the obligations of each one to them, that this is what your duty is. Unfortunately, many a times, 
we learn that part of deen which pertains to others. We had discussed this on some occasion previously in passing. But to refresh that, that we often learn the deen that pertains to others. And what pertains to us, what is applicable to us, we forget about that. For example, a person who is wealthy, the command of Allah Ta'ala is to him that he should share what Allah Ta'ala has given him with the less fortunate. He should give to his relatives, give to the poor, give to the needy, to the orphans, to the widows. That in their wealth there is a right for the one who begs also. There is a right for the one who is deprived. And the relatives have a right in it. The poor have a right, the destitute, the travelers have a right. Meaning that a moral obligation there is that a person should, he has excess wealth, then he should share it with those who are less fortunate. So that is the deen that is applicable to him. And when he will fulfill this, there are great virtues for him. Allah Ta'ala will grant barakat in his rizq. Allah Ta'ala will give him a better reward in this world and in the hereafter. And many, many virtues that have been mentioned for it. It will grow, that sadaqah will keep growing. And it will be nurtured when a person will see mountains of reward in the hereafter. Then he will realize that this mountain was by spending that one date in the path of Allah Ta'ala. That was nurtured, that reward of that was grown. And today there's mountains of reward from that one date that I spent in the path of Allah Ta'ala. I gave to some poor person, some needy person. So there's great rewards for it. So that is the deen that is applicable to the person that is wealthy, has the excess wealth. That now spend on others as well. So that is one part of deen. Then there's a branch of deen that is applicable to the person who is needy. Allah Ta'ala has explained what is that person's obligation. And Nabi Islam has given details of it. And the crux of it all is that a person should avoid completely begging from anyone anything. Yes, sometimes it's challenging. If a person doesn't even have food for the day, and the person might end up starving, then it is permissible to beg. Now there are various circumstances, various situations, there are details pertaining to it, we can't go into all that now, but the crux of it is that Allah Ta'ala has made certain guidelines for that person, and Nabi Islam has explained it, and the crux of it is that don't beg. Now this is the deen and the part of deen that is applicable to the poor person. So The poor person has been taught don't beg. And the wealthy person has been taught, spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala. Look for the poor people and give them something also. Now what has happened is, each one has learned the deen that pertains to the other party. The beggar will come and knock on the door and he knows all the rewards of spending in the path of Allah Ta'ala. And must not be miserly. He knows all that, all those ahadith as well. And what is the harm of being miserly and hoarding? He knows all that. And the wealthy person, he knows those ayat and those ahadis that pertain to not begging. Don't beg from anybody. One person came to beg from one wealthy person. So that person didn't give him anything. So he then, using a part of an ayat of the Quran Sharif, he questioned this person, that we are those people gone 
and then referring to the ayat of the Quran Sharif that Allah Ta'ala says, that those who give preference to others over themselves, even though themselves they are starving. The person is starving himself, the sahaba ikram, there was no food to eat for everybody else, just enough for the children. That sahabi calls the guest, brings the guest of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they feed the guest of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to his full, and the family goes to bed hungry without having eaten anything. So Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayat of the Quran Sharif, that we are the, that what wonderful people these are. That They give preference to others over themselves, even though themselves they are suffering poverty. So this beggar made reference to this ayat, that where are these people gone now? They are all extinct. Seems like nobody around of this nature. So he knew that ayat. He knew that ayat. So the wealthy person also knew an ayat. He said, he referred to another ayat of the Quran Sharif that the people who Allah Ta'ala praises that they don't go and insist on people and beg from them he said that these people who used to give preference to others they are gone together with those other people who shouldn't beg both those groups are gone together the people used to give preference to others they are also gone they went away with those who shouldn't beg so in other words you are around you are a beggar I'm a miser, we are around, the generous people and those who didn't beg are all gone. Alhamdulillah, there are many people who really spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala, they open their hearts out, and they are those people who despite the most trying circumstances, they conceal their poverty, and they do whatever is possible to continue with life, and they hide their situation from everybody else, Alhamdulillah, both groups are present. But many a times it happens that we have learned the deen that pertains to the opposite party. What pertains to us, we forgot. The parents, they know all the responsibilities of the children and the duties of the children. And the children have learned all the responsibilities of the parent. So what my parents must do, that we know very well. What I should do, that I have forgotten. The husband knows all the responsibilities of the wife. And the wife knows all the duties of the husband. But what is my duty, that I have forgotten. So, coming back to the question that we raised at the beginning, that many a times, people write, of come to inquire, that this is the position how do I handle this? I can't take this anymore. That is why I'm behaving in this manner. And sometimes they do things, say things, which are completely incorrect. The manner they treat their parents, and the reason for this that they cite is, that the incorrect conduct of the parent, or the incorrect demands of the parents. Now here again comes the same issue. That there are two things. One is, the incorrect Demand of the parent, that is the one issue. But the other issue is, how is that child supposed to be reacting? That is the part of deen, the aspect of deen, that is applicable to the child. Now this is one aspect that we have to understand very clearly from one ayat of the Quran Sharif. We have discussed this previously, but again just to clear this point, we are discussing this ayat. Indeed, whatever... Parents are supposed to do, parents will be told about that. And parents will be addressed about it. And they will be told what their responsibility is, how they should be dealing with their children. But we are talking at the moment to a person who is a child. 
whatever age, but I'm a child of my parents. My parents may be whatever age, I may be whatever age. Whether they are young and fit and healthy, whether they are old and infirm, whether I myself am still a teenager, or I myself might be a grandparent. But if I still have my parents, then I have to conduct myself the way Deen has taught me. Now, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about this situation. On the one side, are parents, what kind of parents? Parents who are mushrikeen. Parents who are idol worshippers. And what are they doing? Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِن جَاهَدَاكَ عَلَىٰ أَن تُشْرِكَ بِمَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا that if your parents insist upon you, they are pressurizing you to commit shirk. So now, this is the highest form of injustice that a person can be asked to do, commit shirk. And the parents are insisting on that. They are themselves idolaters, idol worshippers. Allah Ta'ala says, look, you cannot obey that. That is out of the question. And likewise, any other disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. This is the highest level. Lower than that also, any disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, a person can't obey that. وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا This is the challenge for every child. This is the challenge for every child that the parent sometimes, sometimes, the parent might have given some instruction that is incorrect, the parent might have been a little uh, unjust maybe. We'll accept that that happens. That the parent sometimes is unjust. In whatever they've done, it might have been a, an error of judgment, it might have been deliberate, Allah knows best. It could have been an error of judgment, not something deliberate, deliberate also, but the end result was a degree of injustice. It could have been some just stubborn demand, whatever the case is. But the bottom line, the Quran Sharif says, وَصَاحِبُهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا That you got to deal kindly with your parents. You have to still be respectful to them. You still in this situation also, وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفِّوا وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا You are not permitted to even say oof to them. Meaning, say anything out of irritation to them. That, ah, sometimes children make these kind of expressions. Ah, or whatever else, some other, some other form of expressing, expressing their irritation, their frustration. Now, this is a challenge for every child. And when the person will meet this challenge, despite the situation, now sometimes it can become very complicated. And in these complications, we should take mashwara. We should take advice. We should go about it after making mashwara with people who are experienced and who have knowledge. Both these are essential, a knowledgeable person with experience. And in the light of mashwara, we'll find Allah Ta'ala will open the way out for us to take the right steps. But we don't take the law in our own hands. And we don't ever come down to disrespect or come down to being arrogant and proud that is beyond the, out of the question. And we still remain within our limits. Then we don't start lecturing to them about their duties. That somebody else will do. We fulfill our duty. We fulfill what is our responsibility. That we deal kindly with them. We remain respectful to them. If it is something beyond our means, then in a respectful way we will excuse ourselves. But we will never be disrespectful, we will never be disobedient in the sense where it is something permissible within our limits to do. It is not something out of reasonable demands. 
then and something possible for us, we will obey that. Then something beyond that, we will make mashwara and decide how to go about it in the proper way. So nevertheless, that was something that we needed to understand clearly. And therefore, it was important to just mention that. But to take it further now, we are talking about the various things that will bring down the calamities, the hardships, and all these things, unfortunately, are already prevalent in society. And therefore, we find that these kind of difficulties keep coming, unheard of calamities keep coming. So this is something we are bringing down upon ourselves with our actions. So among the signs of Qiyamah, these are also, and these are those fitan and trials and tribulations that will come, that, that these fitnas, we will bring down the calamities by them. So one of the things Nabi Salaam mentioned was, adna sadiqahu aqsa abahu. Then Nabi Salaam mentioned, وَزَهَرَتِلْ أَسْوَاتُ fil masajid That voices will be raised in the masajid. This might not be applicable to us, and this is something we can nevertheless convey to our menfolk, that we should be refraining from raising the voices in the masjids. This too is something that brings down calamities and hardships and brings down difficulties. Then we wonder what is happening, what is going wrong, but we bring this down upon ourselves. Thereafter Nabi Salaam says, وَسَادَ الْقَبِيلَ تَفَاسِقُهُمْ That the sinful people will become the leaders of society. Those who have no truck with deen, those who have no interest in following deen, such people will start gaining positions in society. And to the extent that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then even further expands on it, that وَكَانَ الزَّعِيمُ الْقَوْمِ أَرْزَلُهُمْ That the head sometimes will be the worst person. That entire community, an entire nation is sometimes being led by the person who is the most despicable among them. Because the basis for positions will no more be deen, knowledge, character, the good qualities, but it will be based on other things. Who, can, who has the most amount of wealth? Who has the most amount of power? Who has most amount of contacts? And various things of that nature. This is what will become the basis for a person gaining a position in society. So this too is something that is a sign of Qiyamat also and it's something that brings down the calamities from above. Thereafter Nabi Islam says, وَأُكْرِمَ الرَّجُلُ مَخَافَةَ شَرِّهِ That a person will be respected out of fear for his evil. A person will be respected out of fear for his evil. Now This is something for us to reflect upon. Sometimes it might be just our, maybe, brothers and sisters in our home. It might be our neighbor. It might be our friends. Those are with us, our colleagues. It might be somebody in our family, our family members. It might be people in society. Are they people who fear us, meaning respect us, who respect us, meaning outwardly? When they see us, Asalaamu Alaikum, how are you? They want to be very kind to us, very good to us. Why? If I don't be good to this person, they're going to make trouble for me. If I don't share my things with this person, just make life miserable for me. So are we that type of a brother, that type of a sister, 
that type of a friend, that type of a person in society, that type of a neighbor, or that type of a person in the extended family, that people respect me just to stay out of trouble. Just so that I don't now, because if somebody says something to me and I don't, I'm not too pleased with it, because I feel that the person has probably disrespected me in some way, and I will, as we say, give the person a mouthful. I will tell the person his whole history. And I will make life miserable for the person. If that is the case, then I am the person that is being mentioned in this hadith. I am a source of fitna then. And I am a source of calamities coming down. So in other words, the conduct of a person has to be such that if somebody is respecting him, it is not out of fear of harm from the person, but it is out of love. Our brothers and sisters must respect us out of love. Unfortunately, sometimes even parents have to respect their children. In a sense, respect them, that treat them nicely, treat them kindly, talk to them well, otherwise this person will bring the roof down. So that is shar, that is evil, that a person will conduct himself in such a way that as we describe it as bring the roof down. The person will just go off on a tangent. All these new terminologies have come up not long ago now, before we didn't hear these things. But it seems like before people weren't going off on a tangent often. It might have been rare. But now there's many tangents around. And often people keep going off on a tangent. One person says something, the brother, the sister, somebody will go off on a tangent. The parents said something, the children will go off on a tangent. And maybe the mother-in-law said something, the daughter-in-law has gone off on a tangent. The daughter-in-law said something, the mother-in-law has gone off on a tangent. And one person said something, now the friends are, some other friend has gone off on a tangent. So now all these tangents and geometry uh, shapes are all in place. People are all, now probably it has become so common, so this has now become the new terminology. The person went off on a tangent. Now the person is, as they say, lost it. So if people are respecting us and being kind to us, and each one can reflect within ourselves, that what is my conduct? How do I react? And we sometimes even maybe express what is our conduct? What is the way we go about things? We express it. You know, nobody must take a chance with me. Nobody must take a chance with me. I will give it to them straight. So is that the conduct that has been taught to us by Nabi Wasallam? That we give it to everybody straight? No, we have been taught something else. We have been taught a very different way. We have been taught about tolerance. We have been taught about compassion and forgiveness. We have been taught about being magnanimous, being big-hearted, being able to swallow everything and still give of good. As the poet said regarding Nabi Wasallam, that those, in poetic language it is said, but just the crux of it, that those who threw stones at him, he threw flowers at them. In other words, he gave them flowers. So that is what we have been taught. Now, is somebody respecting us, being good to us, because we have that attitude, that nobody must take a chance with me, I'll give it straight.
and nobody must tamp my toes, because I'll punch his nose. If that's our conduct and that's our way, then we need to reflect upon the words of this hadith. That, person is only respected that otherwise this person will make life a misery for me. I'd rather just be, you know, on the safe side with him. Now that is not what we have been taught in deen. And this is the point that we have to reflect on. As we mentioned, these are lessons. These are all things that are making us aware of how we should be conducting ourselves, what we should be doing, what we should be refraining from. And this brings again the same aspect, the aspect of good akhlaq. The, re- the aspect that has been repeatedly discussed, the importance of good akhlaq. And this is the weightiest thing on the day of judgment in the scales of good deeds. مَا مِنْ شَيْنْ أَثْقَلُ فِي مِيزَانِ الْعَبْدِ الْمُؤْمِنِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ مِنْ خُلُقٍ حَسَنٍ The weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds of a person on the day of Qiyamah are righteous actions, uh, a good akhlaq. The good character of a person will be there, which will give weight to the good deeds, the weightiest thing after the faraiz. So Nabi Wasallam is now giving us this lesson. They don't be among those people who conduct themselves in such a way whose conduct and character is of such a nature that a person now has to respect you out of fear. In the heart, there's no respect. It's just an outward respect just to stay safe from you. And this is a bad reflection on ourselves, that what we are. So this is the thing that Nabi Wasallam is warning us against. Then the next aspect is mentioned is, وَزَهَرَتِ الْقَيْنَاتُ وَالْمَعَازِفِ That... Dancing girls and musical instruments will become apparent. Become apparent, will become rife, will become widespread, will become common. Who needs to be explained anything about this? Is this something that requires any kind of elaboration? Or is this something self-evident? That to what extent this has become rife and common Musical instruments, almost everything, Allah forbid, has become like a musical instrument. The phone is a musical instrument. How many people still keep their tones, their ringtones as a musical tone? Now we get ourselves involved in sin. Others who will overhear that, we get them involved in sin. And people take pride in doing that. How often we are listening to things which have a musical background to it. Some musical instruments are being played. Whether it is some nasheeds, whether it is some naat sharif, Allah forbid, that naat sharif, the praise of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, accompanied by musical instruments. Whereas Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that I have been sent to break all musical instruments. Now that very thing which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, I have been sent to break. Now his praises and side by side the musical instruments are there. And how common this has become. And whether that musical instrument is, that musical background is by means of uh, the computer, that a musical sound has been created. It comes to the same thing, whether it's done manually by beating some musical instrument, or whether it is done electronically, the bottom line is the same thing. So how common this has become? And then the name of Allah Ta'ala is taken with that. How serious this becomes? 
and dancing girls, the television, the internet, the radio, all these aspects. What is the situation in homes, elsewhere? This is all clear cut, it's common. That the whole family sits around and what not is going on on that screen? What is going on on the screen of our phones, in our privacy, or with others? Now all this is what brings down the calamities. And this is what Nabi Islam is warning us against. And these are things that are signs of Qiyamat as well. That these things will all become rife. So what is the lesson for us is to be double cautious. When it becomes rife, when there's a plague, when there's a disease that is airborne, and people are now catching this disease very easily, just merely coming out, and people are, there's poisonous gases out in the air, then people are very cautious. So this is what is the lesson for us, to be extremely cautious, and to ensure that we don't get caught up in these things, that these gases don't catch us. So whether it is on the airwaves, whether it is on some CD, whether it is on our phone, wherever it may be, we have to become very, very conscious about these musical instruments. That we stay away from it. We do not become part of it, in whichever form it is. And we restrict ourselves to that which Allah and His Rasulullah have made permissible for us. Everything else, we suppress that desire and we stay clear of it. Otherwise, we will start inviting the calamities upon ourselves. So Allah's Nabi Wasallam has mentioned this already. وَزَهَرَتِ الْقَيْنَاتُ وَالْمَعَازِفِ Thereafter, another aspect Nabi Islam mentions, we will finish off on this, وَشُرِبَتِ الْخُمُورِ That people will start indulging in intoxicants. Literally, this means that alcohol will be consumed, but it is common in its usage, and it will include all kinds of intoxicants. Whether it is now alcohol, whether it is drugs, all this is included in it. And this too again we find, unfortunately, is a scourge of society. And many, many people get caught up in this kind of thing. Allah Ta'ala forbid, Allah Ta'ala save us all. While we should be speaking about the evil of this, we should not look down upon anybody at the same time. There should be a sense of sympathy in our hearts. There should also be fear. Fear that Allah Ta'ala does always protect us and we do not get caught up in this. Fear that Allah Ta'ala must not remove His protection from us. And we also get entangled in something. We should therefore be always asking Allah Ta'ala's protection. And the sympathy that somebody got caught up in it it's also the banda of Allah Ta'ala. We should try our utmost to encourage the person and to take the person out of it and to try and assist the person to come back onto the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. But yes, this is something that is very, very difficult. It's a scourge of society and we should therefore stay far away from all these things. One person got caught up just merely seeing one advert, just merely seeing one advert of something to do with drink. And that advert at that moment, suddenly, because he was watching the television or whatever he was watching, and this advert came up. And it just struck him that, hey, it looks so exciting. 
uh, I should just try something. So he just tried it once, just for the sake of, because it looked so exciting. And that once was once too many. The person became a total addict. Person became a total addict. Now this is the danger. This is the very severe danger of being exposed to these things in whichever way. Now a person sits in company where people are smoking, that person is going to get attracted to smoking. And many started smoking merely on that basis. Somebody is going to be in the company of people who are misusing their phones, they're going to start doing the same thing. Illa mashallah. Somebody sits in the company of a person who is using intoxicants, they're going to get caught up with it. A person is watching television, watching other things, and these adverts are coming. The person is risk, posing a great risk to oneself, and the chances are that one is going to get entangled in this. So this is the fear when a person does not take care to remain far away from all these kind of things and all these kind of people from getting exposed to these things, then the fear is that a person will get sucked into the same thing and now the person will want to come out of it, but it's, the person is caught and it becomes very difficult. Many have made the effort and Allah Ta'ala's fazal, they've come out of it, but it's a very difficult situation. Therefore one does not go near it don't touch it, you won't get burnt. Don't touch it, you won't get burnt. But if a person comes near, the chances are the person will get caught into it. Allah forbid, Allah Ta'ala save us. So this is all what is being told to us, that these are serious things, these are things that bring down the calamities from the skies, from the heavens. These are things that bring down difficulties upon us. We are to remain far away and aloof from this and make dua to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, beg Allah Ta'ala's help and speak about the severity of these issues, this will keep us conscious as well, and it will be a means of others also becoming conscious. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thanaan alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث أصلح لنا شأننا كله ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرفة عين فإنك إن تكلنا إلى أنفسنا تكلنا إلى ضعف وذنب وعورة وخطيئة اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين